Here is Toronto Maple Leafs head coach Sheldon so, Keefe. We brought him for an MRI and uh, there's an injury there, so take some time. Okay, so that was pretty quick and pretty brief and to the point, and that is the very latest. All right, more on this with uh, Elliot Friedman coming up in a couple of moments. Chris Cuthbert joins me at the bottom of the hour, play-by-play voice, Hockey Night in Canada, a rare Friday night edition of Hockey Night in Canada. This evening, the Austin Matthews list, Toronto Maple Leafs hosting the Ottawa Senators. Uh, we'll talk to CeCe at the bottom of the hour. Meanwhile, here are some of the headlines we'll go over today. The Calgary Flames embarrassed at home they lose five to one to the not tanking chicago blackhawks jackson son of rob stauber with the win in this one again the not tanking chicago blackhawks meanwhile the defending stanley cup champions six game winning streak is over as the abs are stunned by the not tanking anaheim ducks five to three frank vetrano with the hat trick in this one and the underappreciated, I won't call him underrated. I'm going to stop saying that, especially about players like this guy. The underappreciated Miko Rantanen with uh, goals number 33 and 34 on this one. The St. Louis Blues, meanwhile, beaten by the not tanking Arizona Coyotes. 5 nothing is the final. Karel Vimelka with the shutout. Nick Schmaltz with the hat trick in this one. The Habs, who are, let's all say it together, not tanking. Loss of the Red Wings 4-3 in overtime. Robbie Fabry with the overtime heroics. Now, in the game of the night last night, sometimes when you build games up too much, you look at them on paper and say, this is going to be explosive. This is going to be fantastic. Most times they end up being a dud. Not so much last night. The Tampa Bay Lightning shading the Bruins 3-2. This was an outstanding game from the opening puck drop to the dying moments when the Boston Bruins tried desperately with the goalie pull to tie this thing up. The Bruins winning streak is now over at six games. Victor Hedman with the game winner in the third. Now, one quick thought on Victor Hedman. I know that we're all in love with Eric Carlson. I know that Rasmus Dahlien is having a very special season. And I know that Victor Hedman probably isn't going to end up with the counting stats to win the Norris Trophy. But Victor Hedman is having an incredible season for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Again, the numbers that a lot of votes are judged on will probably not be there for Victor Hedman this season. But incredible, incredible year for maybe the best defenseman in the game. Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov, by the way, with three points each in this one. Caps over pens in the shootout. 3-2 to two is the final. Casey DeSmith looked real good for Pittsburgh, and that's encouraging. Yesterday, we talked about the Penguins. Maybe they need to get into the goalie market with the Tristan Jari injury situation and some, eh, to be kind, indifferent play from Casey DeSmith. He was outstanding last night. 43 saves. Uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins, Darcy Kemper with 35. The Caps win this one. The Buffalo Sabres, by the way, as we're following that race for the second wildcard spot in the East, and thankfully this year in the East, we do have a race. Uh, the Sabres keeping pace in this one. They beat the Winnipeg Jets 3-2. to Andre Kuzmenko signs a two-year contract extension with the Vancouver Canucks. We'll talk to Fridge about that here in a couple of moments. Eight games on the board tonight around the NHL, and as I mentioned, a special edition of Hockey Night in Canada. It's the Ottawa Senators facing off against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Puck drops at 7 o'clock Eastern. Also, another one that should be a doozy tonight, the New Jersey Devils. And I think we're all wondering which direction they go in come trade deadline, whether it's Timo Meyer, whether it's Bo Horvat. We shall see. 
the New Jersey Devils facing off against the Dallas Stars. And interestingly, interestingly enough this evening, um, three top teams in the Pacific all in action. The three top teams in the Pacific are separated by one point. Seattle is taking on Calgary. Watch it. Vegas is taking on the New York Rangers. The Gerard Gallant Bowl. Watch that one. And the Los Angeles Kings are facing off against the Florida Panthers. It is a fascinating and really tight race in the Pacific. Uh, enjoy it tonight. The top three teams are all in action. Elliot Friedman coming up in a couple of moments. Chris Cuthbert coming up at the bottom of the hour. Welcome to the Jeff Merrick Show. Let's get going. This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. It's going to be really hard to resist referring to all these teams as the not-tanking Chicago Blackhawks, the not-tanking Montreal Canadiens, the not-tanking Arizona Coyotes, the not-tanking Columbus Blue Jackets, etc. As Bart Simpson once said, I can't promise I'm going to try, but I got to really try to try to not refer to those teams that way from here until the end of the season. We'll see how long the bit lasts. Meanwhile, uh, the headline story around the NHL, Austin Matthews will miss a minimum of three weeks with a knee sprain. Suffered in Wednesday's game against the New York Rangers. That means Alexander Barkov draws in for All-Star Weekend next week in Florida. We'll start there with Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. Hello, Frege. Hey, Jeff. How you doing, bud? Uh, I'm good. Well, better than Austin Matthews, and by extension, better yes. than the Toronto Maple Leafs. So the news is three weeks minimum, uh, and I think that word is probably doing a lot of work in that sentence. Uh, Austin Matthews out a minimum three weeks with the knee sprain. Um, so a couple of things here. One, from Austin Matthews' point of view, they, they maintain this happened in the in the Rangers game. Um, yeah. We've looked at Austin Matthews at various times this season and said he just looks a little bit off. I don't know yeah. if that is an extension of things previous. Uh, and also for the Maple Leafs, you know, you wonder who slides into the center position. Is it William Nylander again? And then for All-Star, Barkov goes in, and I can hear Maple Leafs fans and, you know, Twitter, the, the ultimate jury is a, a flame with uh, a William Nylander snub here. So those three things are on the table. Where would you like to dine first? Well, I, I always like a good multi-course meal, Jeff. Like if I know I'm sitting down with a, <laughs> with a fixed-price menu and I know I'm getting the appetizer and I'm getting the entree and I'm getting the dessert, you can bring them to me in uh, any order and I'll still eat them as long as there's okay. a good bottle of wine uh, next to it. And okay. I guess it's a, we'll a, open a, guess uh, we'll... a big bottle of I guess there's a big bottle of wine, W-H-N-I-N-E, around all of this. Okay, so... Yes. You know, first of all, the Nylander thing. Like, I get it. Like, on on merit, Nylander deserves to be at the All-Star game. I don't think anyone's arguing that. I just think you have mm. to know. You have to know that if there's an injury the last minute before an All-Star game and the hometown team yeah. only has one player there, they're going with the hometown Oh, yeah. Team. I, I, like, yep. look, with the All-Star games in Florida – Barkov's the captain. I, I get it. I, I and you know I have to tell you I'm not a person who can muster a lot of outrage about All Star. Like it's really not nope. something that gets me too upset. Um, I, I just like I get it. I, I totally understand why they're going this route, and I completely get it. Um, 
you know, so that's one thing I look at. Uh, you know, the Matthews injury, it's, it's uh, too bad. It's, uh, it's a concern. Uh, no question about it, because I think this is actually, I, I wonder if it's actually something new. Like in all of the previous questions that we've kind of had about him, I don't, like, we, like they've been very careful not to say um, anything about what his injury was. But I I never heard suggestion about a knee before. So until we get some clarity yeah. on this from Keith or something like that, I really don't want to make any kind of comment about what this means. The one thing I do bet you, uh, Jeff, is that they're not going to rush him back. Like they're in a playoff spot here, comfortably in a playoff spot. Um, this is not something where they're going to be saying, oh, do you feel like, 75%. Well, we really need you tonight because 75% of Austin Matthews is better than 100% of everybody else. That's they have they have a lot of runway here. That's not going to be happening. They're not going to be rushing them back. So, that's kind of my reaction to all this stuff. So, uh quickly on that one, um I got a text from my friend as soon as uh, the Maple Leafs put out the uh put out the press release about Austin Matthews and the injury. Uh it was pretty blunt. It was is this how the Maple Leafs get Timo Meyer? And then we all saw, you know, the oh Kucherov gifts popping up online <laughs> right right away. I'm like, none of this is planned. Like this is a legit this is like a a, a legit injury here, but um, you know, I, it, 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 it is interesting because I, I think everybody wonders which way Kyle Dubas swings come trade deadline time. I think a lot of us are of the belief that it's uh, one defenseman and one forward. I don't know how big the swings yeah. are going to be on each, but it sounds as if that's the way the Maple Leafs are trending. Uh, do you think, and again, this is so early, but, and, you know, pr- probably irresponsible of me to ask, but, you know, it's Friday afternoon before the weekend. Here we go. Does this change anything about, you know, how the Maple Leafs feel about deadline and what they need up front and where they need insulation, et cetera? Or this is just, there's an injury, minimum three weeks, we move on. Uh, I, I think until you know, you're probably not sure. But I don't get the sense that, at least if they're overly concerned about it, they're not showing it. Uh, like, again, we'll see what Keith says. Uh, he's probably the first person we get a real answer from here. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see. I, I always look at it this way. If the, if the, if the general manager doesn't come out and make an injury announcement, you're probably in a good place. Like, like, like if ever they say, okay, the GM is coming out to talk about a specific player, that's when I worry. Right. Uh, tonight, it is the Ottawa Senators and the Toronto Maple Leafs on a rare edition of Hockey Night in Canada on a Friday evening. Um, where do you see both these teams right now? We sort of talked a little bit about, you know, Toronto there and what they have on the horizon. Um, we have talked plenty. Expectations were high for the, for the Ottawa Senators. Oh, that was a big Jeff, win the I other should, night against Jeff, the Islanders. Jeff, hold on a second. Jeff, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I just did a quick check because I missed this earlier. Keith, uh, Keith said that they don't know when he got hurt in Wednesday's game. They gave him an MRI yesterday. He was sore. I hadn't checked, so like that's so it okay. sounds like it is a new injury, and we'll see. 
Right. Uh, so the Maple Leafs face off against Ottawa. That was a huge win the other night against the Islanders. Two to one. They hang on. We've talked about the Islanders and their you know inability to to finish. We talked about that plenty on the podcast. It just came out. Your thoughts on what we're seeing from Ottawa's side here? And you know the the one player that I'm really wondering about because you know when the Ottawa Senators at the draft made the trade for Alex DeBrinket, we wondered if there would be an extension coming along with it. And it seemed as if, you know, both sides were willing to just go into the season and see how the season goes and then make their decisions. Do you have a sense of the Senators' plans with the Brinkett, the Brinkett's plans with, with Ottawa? He really is one of those players that, you know, when he's on his game, he's a 40-goal guy. Hasn't been that way for Ottawa this season. At times, he's looked real good. Do you get a sense of anything at all about Alex the Brinkett? You know, period- periodically I've checked in on this. And I've just heard that no real substantive talks have begun. Um, no yeah, you're trying to get me all go off Fahrenheit 451 on the hockey world. Let me just say this. Um, like, I've checked in on the Cat from time to time. And every time I've asked, I've been told no substantive negotiations. So either... Yeah. Um, you know, either they're they're lying, which sometimes happens because people want to keep it quiet, or I think it's more likely in this particular case. Um, I just think they realize that there's time. Like this is not a guy who is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Like if we were sitting here no. at, in the middle of January or end of January, and he was a UFA and there have been no talks, I think everybody would be quite rightly concerned. But because he is an RFA at the end of the year, I think everybody knows they have time at the end of the season to kind of figure this out. And the other thing, Jeff, is, and like I don't know the answer to this, but you know, there's a big sale process obviously going around around the Sanders. Like I gotta think yeah. the new owners, I'd be concerned. Like the break is any extension he signs, like his QO is nine million. This is a big, big extension. And I think a lot of us kind of wonder how that would fit into the overall sale process. And does it matter at all that the team is for sale? Um, Just as a quickie about the sale, do we have any idea or when when we can expect the, uh, the, 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 the sale of the Ottawa Senators to be consummated here? Like, I know they're sort of separating the, the tire kickers from, you know, the, the, the serious contenders and all of this, and it sounds very much like much of the staff over the past little while has been re-upped. Uh, I think the, the option was they could either take their chances with new ownership on longer-term deals or just, you know, sign one-year extensions. Most chose to sign one-year extensions so they're, they're covered for next season if new ownership comes in and decides to, 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 to bring in their entire new staff. Uh, but do we have a sense of, you know, what, what, what a timeline for this sale might be? Uh, well, look, the, the portal, the online portal didn't open up until last week or something like that. Like it was in the last couple of weeks. And that's about six weeks longer than I think a lot of us were expecting. So, and I, I will tell you that one of the, I think, prospective purchasers of this team uh, indicated that they thought that was weird, how long it took. Hmm. And so... Um, so I think that we're kind of in a situation. I think they hoped it would be by the spring. 
I still think they kind of can do that, but there's no question that the process started later than everybody thought it was going to start. And you always wonder, you know, what that means. Like, I think the serious bidders, they were already trying to do their work beforehand. So I don't know that it really affects them. But like I said, when, when, you're, when you're initially being told this is the process is going to begin, like, right after U.S. Thanksgiving, it doesn't go to the middle of January, you're, you are thinking, like, what exactly is going on here? So I think it's too soon to tell what this will do to the timeline, but it certainly threw some people for a bit of a loop. All right. Can you can you try to go uh, east, west, or north, south, depending on which one which one's better for you? Because it's, uh, oh, okay, it's, yeah. it's pretty, I'm pretty almost blowy home. where you are. I'm almost okay. home. Okay. Um, a, a couple of things here. Um, the Calgary Flames. Yeah. Last night, um, yeah. at home, five to one. Uh, I really yeah. like Jacob Markstrom a lot. I really want Jacob Markstrom. We always talk about not cheering for teams, but cheering for players. I really want Jacob Markstrom to do well. Um, yesterday was Jackson Stauber's night. Congratulations. Um, and I couldn't help but feeling awful for Jacob Markstrom again. Do you have a thought on what we saw last night? The 5-1 win, Chicago Blackhawks over the, the Calgary Flames. We always talk about games that you have to win to pull yourself out of spirals. We talked about the Islanders and Sens the other night. Kind of looked at that one and said Calgary needs to win this game against Chicago. Quite the opposite happened for each. Well, first of all, I'd like to shout out somebody else from that game. You mentioned Jackson Stauber. I'd like to shout out Luke Philp. Uh who got his first NHL point yes. uh, for the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, you know, 27 years old, uh, uh, you know, a, a long road to the NHL, played Western Hockey League, played the University of Alberta. And, you know, I'll give, I'll give Bob Stauffer credit, which is a really painful thing for me to do. Uh, <laughs> I'll give Bob Stauffer credit because he was the guy who put him on my radar. He said... Uh, Bob, who loves everything University of Alberta, said that this guy is going to play in the NHL. And, you know, I looked into it at the time, and, and people said he's got a shot. And, and you know, it was a long road. And the, and the good thing there is, uh, like Eric Francis wrote a great story about it today on the, last night on the website. And it reminded me, I meant to highlight it. But, like, you know, his, 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 some of his family was there to see it. So I, I wanted to recognize that because it's incredible. You know, the, the Markstrom thing to me, I have to say, it is befuddling. I, I look at it. I, I'm shocked at it. But the consequences of it, Jeff, like if you take a look at it, Calgary is in a back-to-back. They played Chicago last night at home. That, uh, they, they coughed up a hairball. You can't do that. Look where they are tonight. It's yeah. a back-to-back, another huge game. And who's getting that start? I think what we've learned here is that, at Dan least Vladar. right now, Dan Vladar is the starting goalie in, in, in Calgary. I, I can't figure it out with Markstrom. Like, he's giving up goals. Like, like I watch a lot of Calgary's games, and, and, uh, and he's giving up goals. And, and I, I'm like, I, like I, I'm watching and say, like, that went in? Like, how did that get in? And I, I don't, like, that happens to everyone. Like, I feel like Connor Hellebuck's about to call me and yell at me after the conversation that we had this week about that. <laughs> like, the, what's the worst thing a broadcaster yeah. can say? Should have had that one. Oh, yeah. um, 
But yeah, yeah. once I, that once happened, that one back, once that one back, yeah, once that one but back. There's been a, a few this year with Markstrom, and I and I have to admit admit I I don't get it. I, I mean, the easy story is that odd, the uh, the Edmonton series is still living in his head. I don't know. I have a hard time with that one, but you look at the evidence. I since, can't believe that. Just looks I like a different. That. I can't, but I can't either. But then. You look at what's happened since. Anyhow, um, a couple of other things from um, from from last night. By the way, um, one of the things, and we referenced this briefly in the podcast that came out this morning. Um, how'd you like the old school last night in Philadelphia, Minnesota, with the scraps and the scoring and green mixing with orange? That was uh, that was some nice old school there, Fridge. It, it sure was. I mean, I guess McEwen got hurt, and uh, he might yes, be uh, he out a while. So, I, I mean, you don't like to see that. You don't like to see people get injured. Uh, so that's the only thing I don't like about it. Like, I mean, I'm not against it. Uh, but, I mean, it was it was wild last night. I mean, Philly is, is trying to, like, nobody plays like the 70s or 80s anymore. You know, after we did the podcast last night, Jeff, I looked at some old videos. And if you Google, like, Flyers, oh, yeah. North Stars, Brawls, like there's a lot of them on on YouTube. Like you can go back and mm-hmm. and and you can see that this was old school and nobody can play like that anymore. But there's no question the Flyers are trying to get back a bit more to their old school identity in terms of standing up and protecting themselves and standing up for against each for each other. And you know Minnesota, you look at the team that they've put together. They got a lot of bruisers on that team. That is a big, 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 nasty team. And it's not surprised that that concoction uh, reacted in that way last night. That was, uh, we've seen some unbelievable overtime goals this week, Marner and Zuccarello, too. Yes. And Boldy was great in that game. You know, coming away from that last one, the, uh, last night, Philadelphia, Minnesota, I couldn't help but thinking one thing specifically. The Minnesota Wild are who the Philadelphia Flyers want to be. They want to yep. be that mixture of skill and toughness. Like, I'm looking at like I think Minnesota's the toughest team in the NHL. And it's not just because of Ryan Reeves. Like, I legit think that Minnesota is the toughest team in the league. Plus, they have elite skill in Kaprizov. Yep. And you mentioned Zuccarello and throw Boldy. Like, I think the model for the Philadelphia Flyers, like in their mind, right? Because we remember last year the press conference with Fletcher and Scott and you know Tortorella and you know getting back to old orange and these types of things. I can't yeah. help but thinking if there's one team that Philly wants to be, it's what the Minnesota Wild are right now. Agree or disagree? Uh, I, I would say that's probably true. Um, you know, I, I think that. Look, there's, the NHL is two leagues. It's the regular season and it's the postseason. And it's hard to make the playoffs in this league. And then the league changes. Uh, the players change, and that changes the game. And, like, I think Minnesota is a team that you're looking at. If you get them in the first round, you know that win or lose, you're going to take a beating. And you're going to be physically punished. And, you know, but the thing is, you got to get there. They've, they fell out. You know, that was a big win for them last night. Um, big loss for Calgary. Um, but I, I, I'm sure teams are looking at Minnesota and saying, first round, win or lose, we're going to get we're gonna get some bruises. 
Uh, so you mentioned a second ago the Calgary Flames facing off against the Seattle Kraken tonight. So the top three yep. teams in the Pacific are all in action this evening. We'll see Vegas and New York. We'll see Los Angeles and Florida. Yep. I love tonight just because of the Pacific. Seattle, Calgary, and the other four teams that, uh, that I just mentioned. Do you have a sense of who the best of those three are right now? Either Seattle, Vegas, or Los Angeles? Do you have an opinion on that well, one? You know, I'm supposed to get rest, so I'm really looking forward to this 10 o'clock start tonight, I, I have to tell you. Um, <laughs> Three of them, bud. <laughs> like, normally, <laughs> normally, like, 10 o'clock starts are no problem for me. This is uh, this is against doctor's orders. Um, you know, I think right now you have to say Seattle. Like, don't you? Yeah. 100%. I love what I'm seeing out of yeah. Seattle. Yeah, I mean... And uh, but the like, thing is, uh, I, 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 against all all that we thought about Seattle coming in, I mean, listen, they're on an absolute groove right now. I think one of the yeah. most impressive things is how balanced they are and how sensitive it seems as if Seattle is about not wanting to ups- upset any of it. Um, I think there are, you know, uh, breakthrough performances, whether it's Vince Dunn, whether it's Tolvanen, whether it's Sprong. I think that, like, they have four lines that can score, lines that can check. They have a really underrated defense. I think Larson's had very quietly an excellent season. Um, there's a, And the thing is, they're not doing it with, like, you know, Igor Shosturkin or Ilya Sorokin in net either, not to take away from their goaltenders, but it's not as if, you know, every night, you know, uh, one of the goaltenders is one of the three stars. I, I think it's one of the more interesting teams in the NHL, and I'd agree with you. Right now, Seattle's the best of the bunch. Yeah, I mean, look, like, they had that road trip. They earned our respect. Like, nobody's <laughs> nobody's giving them respect that they haven't earned. They've earned it, and... uh you know, they yeah. crushed Vancouver this week. You know, they like, like this is this is a like the Flames, man. They are just lurching along right now. This is such a huge game oh. for them. I, they, this is such a huge game for them. I cannot Roller imagine what that down flight a... was. What that flight yeah. was like oh, last night yeah. from Calgary to Seattle. Yeah, I can. You know what it sounded like? This. That's what the flight sounded like, Elliot. Just silence. Uh, real quick, before we enjoy some silence here in a couple of seconds, um, quick thought on a really good game last night, Boston and Tampa. I was yep. mentioning off the top, sometimes when we hype up a game too much, it doesn't deliver. That game delivered, including, and I'm not sure if you saw the visuals, a Tampa Bay Lightning fan uh, behind yes. the glass behind Brad Marchand licking the glass. Yeah. I've talked yeah, to you about how that. much I hate glass bangers. I'll take glass bangers over glass lickers any day of the week. But <laughs> your thoughts on the Bruins and the Bolts last night? Uh, I, I think that that's, like, one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. Like, I'm not a big... <laughs> I, I am not a huge germaphobe. Like, I'm not, like, Howie Mandel or anything like that. But I wouldn't yeah. lick glass at a hockey game. First of all, I thought it was funny, and I'm glad that somebody captured it because those are the kind of gifts that should be everywhere. Like, like that guy is doing that to 100%. get seen, and and he yes. he's got his way. He's he, he's uh, he's got it. He's doing it to get seen, and uh, um, I just think that that's hilarious. But I think it's also disgusting. Like that's that's fun fan engagement. People are gonna laugh at that and think it's hilarious. 
You know what I think the most disgusting thing at a game is? I don't know if I've talked to you about this. Whenever I see someone lose their mouth guard on the ice and they pick it up and pop it back in. You know what goes on the ice? You know what players I do? I saw Curtis Lazar eat a hamburger <laughs> off the ice, man. That's bad too, man. Dude, that's yeah. really bad too. <laughs> that's yeah. awful. But do you not like see that when someone loses a mouth guard, they pop it back in? It's like, do you know what's on the ice? It's yeah. ugly. It's gross. And you just pop that yeah. thing back in there. No thanks. Um, but that was a really good game. And I think we're expecting a good one between the Devils game. and the Stars tonight. So you, a lot, you of, know, lot Jeff, of good action I, I on the did, horizon. I, I got to say, like, two rounds in, two of Boston, Toronto, and Tampa are going to be gone. You know, yeah, the, I know. The, but the it's going to be great getting there. Oh, yeah. Like, the one thing I'll say about this, like, I understand what Toronto is, is thinking about uh, do this. Like they said, okay, you're not getting an extension until after this year. And like, I look at it this way. Okay, that's fine. That's your prerogative. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like I, I, I'm not the biggest Leaf fan, but I've lived in the city or in the region all my life. I have seen some horrible hockey here. Okay. And the one thing I'll say about his tenure is um, they've always been there. Now, they haven't won, and this is a results-based business, and eventually that catches up to you. But I would, I, the question I would be asking, if I was uh, the Maple Leafs' ownership, and sharing this, is did we, did we, as in we, the Maple Leafs, did they not win because the GM failed, or did they not win because... Yeah. They just got beat by great teams. Now, I think on some level that's probably too simplistic, but if they lose in the first round, they say the GM never won a series, we're we're getting rid of them. Okay, but I wonder if that's just too simplistic a way to look at it. I, I really do. Yeah. Listen, I grew I've up seen some awful day... hockey here. Yeah, I know. You know, I know. awful hockey here. Yes. Listen, I, I grew up, as you did too, uh, a fan of the Toronto Blue Jays uh, from their inception in 1977, and they always had to play in the same division as the Yankees and the Red Sox. And even though they would have good seasons, good luck beating those two teams. I kind of get the same feeling here uh, with the Maple Leafs as they look to the Boston Bruins and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, okay, good stuff. Um, that was today's edition of Walk with Freege. Uh, Elliot, we will uh, touch base soon, my friend. You be well. Take care of yourself. All right, Jeff. Have a great weekend, okay? There he is, Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada.